what's up guys and welcome to another episode of Behind the Athlete. I'm your host Julianne Fawcett Johnson and this week's episode is so good and I'm so excited to share that I had the honor and pleasure of sitting down and talking with Olympic swimmer Jessica Hardy. Jessica and I actually work together at a company called BSN Sports where we're both brand ambassadors and she is also head of business development for the swimming department. Jessica is an outstanding person, uh, let alone an amazing swimmer and has had an incredible career that I'm just gonna share quickly with you guys if you don't know who she is. Jessica is an Olympic gold medalist in swimming and a multiple world record holder. Making her first national team at age 18, She went on to continue being amongst the best in the world for over a decade. She won over 28 international medals, the highlight being her gold and bronze medals from the 2012 London Olympic Games. She competed at UC Berkeley for two years, winning four NCAA titles before going pro and ultimately finishing her bachelor's degree in communications from Arizona State University. She was elected team captain of the U.S. national team in 2013, 2014, and 2015, which she credits as the accomplishment she is most proud of during her career. And I will say this has been such an incredible conversation for me getting to know Jessica more and dive deeper. You know, we hear those credentials and we see how unreal this athlete is, but when you listen to her speak and how eloquent she is and you hear about the challenges that she's been through both in her childhood and in her career, it's just astounding um, everything that she's been able to do and she continues to give back and help others um, through the sport of swimming and it's just a really cool thing to watch and it's really cool to know her. So with that, let's get right into this conversation with Jessica Hardy. Congratulations on getting this, this baby together. I mean, it's, Thank it's you. probably been a yeah. ton of work, but it's very admirable, especially with your career and your your new move and mommyhood. It's like A plus hats off to you. It's just like one more thing to add to my plate. Yeah, why not? It's fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, impressed. I tend, I tend to do that. Um, so usually, yeah. So usually I start off um, all of the podcasts asking what is your passion if it isn't swimming? What is it outside of swimming? Um, I am passionate about helping people. Um, I think that my life experiences, I, I was raised by a single mom with an abusive father and had an ups, a lot of ups and downs in my swimming career. Um, made me appreciative of the good and appreciative of the opportunities that I was allowed to have. Um, way beyond, I think, normal appreciation. Like I just hold on to the good so much. I, I really can use that to get me through a lot of difficulty um, and kind of channeling that and helping people survive whatever they're going through. Um, I think that's my biggest passion. Now being a mom, I have to help people all the time, changing their diapers and feeding them like the simplest tasks, but I love it. And I love seeing kind of how it helps them flourish and grow. Um, you know, in all aspects from the charity work I've done, the coaching clinics and lessons and um, even helping teammates when I was training together with people. It's definitely my favorite thing to do in life. 
That's awesome. Um, and I did not know any of that about you. So it's really awesome to hear you say that. And also knowing what you do now and being like your coworker and doing kind of this work together and coaching clinics and speaking engagements and talking to young athletes, like it makes so much sense that cause you're so good at it and you have such a passion and it seems like you do have a passion for helping people. Um, what did you study in college? So sweet. First of all, thanks. And I feel that way about you too. Um, in college, I was a communications major. So I think I was drawn to that because I needed to advocate for myself to kind of stand up for myself um, and really kind of just pave the way to kind of express what I was going through throughout life. Um, so it just made sense when I wanted to, you know, looking at what I wanted to study it just helped my life the most. So it was really fun. I think a lot of athletes do it because it's a social, um, you know, easy <laughs> kind of a major, but I really enjoyed learning about it as well. Yeah, no, I was a communications major too. Um, with thoughts of going and being kind of more in the news broadcasting, maybe sports journalism, but didn't specialize when I was in college. Cause obviously when you play a sport it's so hard to like have all that specification um and so I never ended up diving into that but um I do resonate with like being an athlete and having the communications major and so when you studied communications did you have an idea of what you would do after swimming and like would you take that somewhere as a career or were you just kind of I, I enjoy it and that's how I want to um, go through my college career. Yeah, I think I've always lived in the moment, maybe too much to a fault where I don't, I didn't think that far ahead. I, I liked studying communications and I liked swimming um, and it was applicable at the time. And it did a lot of media stuff um, and wrote a book, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that it helped me along throughout my career. So that's why I chose it. But after swimming, I knew I did want to find a career. I was really motivated to find, you know, like normalcy because swimming is such a, you know, short-term opportunity and I, and I appreciated it, but I was 30 years old when I retired and I saw all my friends have these like amazing career opportunities that I felt like I was missing out on and was really motivated to do that. And I got a job three weeks after I retired. And then I realized like two years into that job, how awesome swimming was, you know, like I didn't appreciate it until it was yeah. kind of, I was normal. Um, but now coming, I work with you at BSN, it's full circle where I still am involved in swimming and get to help the sport and coaches and a lot of my friends, but um, it is a corporate professional job at the same time. So it's perfect. It's the best job. And I, I don't even think I, I knew how, you know, I didn't even think that I, I didn't know this existed. This career at BSN was an opportunity, but it's better than I could have dreamt of. Yeah, totally. Being able to stay in your sport while helping people, which is your passion, and then kind of making it your career and getting paid a full salary for it. Like, that's incredible. And I say that all the time, being in that same position. It's like, I I didn't have an idea that this was able to exist. And if I could create my own, like, special job in the corporate world, this would be it, right? Yeah. So we're really lucky to be able to do that. Um, so I want to go back to kind of your childhood and the struggles you had there and how that helped 
you and your swimming career and how that helped you understand what your passions were. So can you talk a little bit more about that and how that applied to not only your swimming career, but then later now that you're retired and you're a mom, how that helps you um, understand like who you are outside of swimming? Um, so it was, you know, a troubled childhood. My parents got divorced pretty young. And um, I think that swimmers as a general blanket statement, have a little bit of a screw loose. It's a lot of work, you know, like eight hours a day in the water, you're in your own head that amount of time because you can't talk to anyone underwater. Um, and it's pushing your body to its physical limits the whole time. So it's not like a natural thing to want to do that, you know, like you need to have a reason and a motivator behind it to really be good at it. Um, so for me, swimming was like my therapy, you know, I could control the results, the input, the output. It was steady, constant there for me, you know, to just go every day and have like that meditative time um, and push myself and be in control. It was just like my control outlet growing up mm. and I did really well. It was a natural um, connection in the sport. Like I physically just took onto it pretty well. So I, I just, I'm grateful for it because it, it kept my head on <laughs> throughout some difficult stuff. Um, but it, it is the reason for sure that, you know, my childhood is, experiences are the reason I was a good swimmer for sure. Um, wow. yeah. And now as a mom, I think, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I think you just kind of fake it till you make it and you try your best and you're going to screw up and you just have to, um, kind of recognize that it, you're going to screw up even if you don't mean to. And mm -hmm. um, I hope that my children don't have to go through what I did, but I hope that they are able to find um, something to be passionate about as well, you know, and have that, that therapy for themselves in a way as well. Yeah, totally. That's, that's amazing. Um, I resonate with that for sure with being a mom now and having that same, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, we've been through a lot and we've, I think sport helped us and pushed us to be able to kind of grovel through anything. Mm -hmm. So being a mom, you kind of just keep going, like you said, fake it till you make it. And I think that is kind of translates back to being an athlete and having that mentality of like, Hey, like we got to push ourselves. We got to figure it out on the fly. Um, that's so that's awesome. really cool. Yeah. Um, so I want to, ask you about your challenges during your um, swimming career. And I know that you had like a doping violation and had to go through that whole situation and had to take off basically competitive swimming for a year. And I want to know, like during that period of time, what, what were you doing? Like what was going through your head and how did you cope with something as difficult as that? It was not easy. So um, I made the Olympic team in 2008 in four events. And I found out at training camp that one of my drug tests from Olympic trials was positive. And I didn't know why for a very long time, I had to hire a bunch of experts to kind of like look into, you know, everything to figure it out. And um, six months, six to eight months later, got the answer that a, a sports drink, a nutritional supplement had a banned substance in it that wasn't listed on the label. So um, once I got the answer to like what had happened, I could, you know, immediately get arbitrations and court dates and all that set up and kind of fight to prove, you know, that I'd never done anything intentionally. And that, that after that answer came in, it was a lot easier mentally to deal with it. 
But the interim, there was a long period of time where I didn't know what had caused the positive tests. And I literally felt like I was going insane, you know, because it happened during the Olympic Games where the girls that I beat at Olympic trials won three silver medals in my, in my spots. And mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to talk to them. I wasn't allowed to talk to my husband was there um, or my boyfriend at the time. My coach was there, you know, like my world was all there and I was just kind of isolated from it. All my support system was there. Um, and I didn't have an answer. The worst part is all this media attention happens during the Olympics that never happens in between. And it was crazy intense. Like people were camped out in my house and banging on windows and sticking cameras everywhere and harassing my family. And I had no answer. I genuinely didn't have any idea what it caused the positive test. Um, mm. You know, and they assume you're guilty until you can prove you're innocent. So, sure. so I felt like I was guilty because I didn't know what it caused it. I was like, maybe I am a bad person. And, you know, like it was an emotionally very, very difficult thing to take kind of the rug out from underneath you and had not have a reason for it. And mm. um, my mom is a psychotherapist and my sister was on the junior national team for water polo. So the two of them were really there for me emotionally. My sister knew what it was like to be that high level competitive athlete. My mom knew what I needed to stay alive basically at that point. Um, yeah. And the, they kept me going for sure. Uh, my dad is an attorney. He doesn't specialize in this kind of stuff at all, but um, he, you know, kind of guided me on who to, where to go to get support, you know, from that angle. So literally my family was built in to, you know, keep me through this. Like I just had to stand upright basically, you know, and they kind of yeah. carried me through it. And I'm great. So extremely grateful for that. And yeah, after the arbitrations all went great, I, basically was ruled that I didn't intentionally ever dope. Um, and it was set to the minimum sentence that you can when you take a supplement, which is one year. And I broke, I think eight world records the next year. So definitely came back a lot stronger and more motivated after it. Um, but I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go through that experience because so much of it is out of your control. And, um, I don't think the normal person without that, that support would survive it. You know, I don't think you'd ever return back to the sport. I don't think you'd be lucky, especially with it happened during the Olympics like that, you'd be lucky to literally not commit suicide because of the attention and the pressure, the pressure you get was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is insane. And it's honestly, like you said, not wishing it on anyone, but your story and the way that you can help people now, it, it, it's beautiful. Like your ability to help somebody in their worst situation, who is an athlete, a swimmer, maybe is so special. Like the fact that you can relate on a super deep level to how difficult it can be in certain situations, like your situation is probably the worst of the worst in that moment. Right. And not very many people are going to experience that. So your ability to help people get through the hard moments in their careers, like young athletes who maybe need help, it's so cool. And it's like to be able to turn that into a positive and then you come back and you kick everyone's butt and like <laughs> break all of these world records. Like I have the chills just thinking about it because, you know, like you said, I can't even imagine. And you, like you said, not, just not committing suicide is really like 
that's so intense. And your story, it's like, I'm so incredibly honored to know somebody who could get through something that difficult. I think, I mean, I owe it to my, my support system. I did not do it alone. I don't think anyone gets to the levels that you and I both achieve alone. It's not possible. You need so much support. And especially when you have that kind of a difficult challenge, it's a hundred percent due to the people that kind of carried me through it. And I, I just, I hope that I can do that for other people and, and show them that they can achieve a lot more than they ever could dream of you know because the mental the mental approach to so many life challenges is really make or break it's it's all kind of in your it's in your control which is interesting yeah yeah fun to think about right right I think um you're being able to go through something like this I think it helped you at least from what I'm hearing become a better person like find yourself outside of swimming. So at this point in your career, you know, when you couldn't compete and this was all going on, was there a, a moment or an understanding of, okay, like I might not have this again. Like I might not be able to continue competing. Um, who am I outside of swimming? Definitely. Um, yeah, most of it, I didn't think I was going to be back ever swimming again. Um, and it, I hadn't finished my undergrad degree. I went pro before the 2008 Olympics. So I enrolled back in school and refocused on kind of what I wanted in life. And that's when I really decided I wanted to find a professional career. And, you know, I, I just started thinking about that stuff, but I am a good compartmentalizer and um, it just took one day at a time and, did, you know, survived each moment. But yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, giving back in charity work was kind of like my biggest hobby at the time because it just made me feel better, <laughs> you know, about yeah. so just finding positivity every day and helping people is the best way to kind of have that joy again, for sure. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's yeah. honestly incredible. Um, so what, what does being a mom and an athlete mean to you? I know that you retired and then you had your children, but I still, we're always going to be athletes. You still do things that, um, keep you at a really high level. And that intensity of an athlete is always there with you. So what does it mean to you to have both? It's a great question. I think being a mom puts so much in perspective. It's like something is so trivial in the grand scheme of life that I almost wish that I had had them earlier and gone back. Um, Mm. because it's just like, I wouldn't have been as nervous or cared as much about the performance because I have so much more to love and life, you know, and, um, I think it would have made me a better swimmer for sure, except for the physical changes it puts on my body, (laughs) Um, especially having two, I had two under two and, um, my body is beat up worse than from swimming. (laughs) So I don't know. It's a good question, but I think they keep you busy. They keep you um, appreciating the little things. My daughter, when I take her on walks, you know, picks flowers the whole time and makes like a little assortment in her hand throughout the walk. And, you know, that's kind of stuff that I would have never even paid attention to before her. And their giggles are just like the best noises in the world. And, um, that little stuff adds up to change your whole life, which is so fun. Um, but I think, yeah, I still try to stay active on Peloton and I'm still involved in the sport, obviously through BSN and um, 
being a mom really makes you, uh, I guess, better at everything. I think, you know, you're better at time management. You're better at multitasking, um, work ethic. <laughs> I think it just all the above gets better. Yeah, I feel that on another level. Um, and talking about wishing having your kids and then going back and continuing competing. Yeah. You know, for Hats me, off. I'm excited for I, you. I never thought this would happen. And so when I retired two and a half years ago and I stepped away from the sport and got a job and started this whole thing with BSN, I never thought this was going to happen. And so the way it all went about and it, you know, kind of popped up in, in front of me, I made the choice to go back because I felt the same way. Like you're explaining, I think I'll be better than I've ever been before. Just having the appreciation for this little life that I'm taking care of. And that came from me and not worrying about like the stupid stuff, you know, that I used to worry about with volleyball and competing and worrying about my performance and the stats and it's like, I, I stepping away from it, wish that I had enjoyed it a little bit more. And now I have the chance to do that with a child. It's like, whoa, this is going to be really cool. So yes. I am excited to be able to try and like totally get what you're saying about having wished to do that. And so um, I love the correlation. I love that you're seeing that being a mom helps you in every aspect of your life. And it's really cool that you get to continue to coach and be a part of the sport while having your two kids there and like teaching them too. You're, you know, they're already in the water. They're already loving the water. And so I'm excited to see, especially your daughter, like follow in your footsteps and maybe break your, your records. No, I don't know about that. I hope she's like a surfer or something in the water, but fun because some meets are so yeah. boring and so tedious. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle more of that in my yeah. lifetime, um, but I'm, right, right. I'm so excited for you. I agree with you. I think your whole perspective is going to be different and I think you're going to kick butt. I'm so excited to cheer for you on in, in Italy coming up, coming in hot with uh, bringing yeah. the whole family over. It's going to be awesome. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. I'm really excited for the experience. Um, yeah. So uh, let's talk about your personal process to stay energized and motivated in your daily life. So being an athlete, you already kind of had a sense of like motivation and being inspired and working really hard. But talk about how that translates now um, to your daily routines and, and being a mom and having a career and having all of these things to balance. Um, I've always been like a big list person. I've always had to write things down. Um to keep me accountable mostly, you know, to once you identify something, I think, and you write it down, it's 75% more likely to come true, I think is the stat on that. Um, however, after having kids, I need to write stuff down to remember because I swear pregnancy takes away half your brain. Um, but I've realized, I, you know, earlier in my career, if I wrote down my goal times for the season and then for like a quadrennium Olympic cycle, they would always come true 100% of the time. Um, so I wrote down identified goals early on in my career. And then now as a, as a mom, I write down to-do lists on my phone. I have a constant to-do list and I, you know, compartmentalize it by work, personal career, all that stuff. There's always a million things on my list. Um, but I also write down what I want to achieve in those different areas as well. And mm -hmm. 
I think swimming helped me identify kind of how you make that happen and the kind of the organizational process to identifying and um, finding, you know, areas to improve and identifying where you can succeed and make the biggest impact. And it's really worked in my favor with all different arenas in my life. Um, so I try to do that. And that's like what I talk to my little swimmers about that I still, you know, am able to work with, you know, is to just, you know, take the time to reflect on really truly your reason for doing what you do. And, you know, if you could close your eyes and dream about the best case scenario coming out of this process, um, identify that and then write it down, hold yourself accountable on the days that it's hard. Um, look at that, you know, remind yourself of it frequently and, you know, stay accountable through the difficult times, you know, and, and I don't think, I think the biggest challenge through that process is to not dwell on the difficult times and to not stay in there, that feeling in that mode, but really keep your eye on the bigger picture and staying, keeping it all relative. And, and, you know, it's, I'm such a swimmer and such a nerd, you know, by talking about this, it's like so boring, but it really works. Yeah, no, it's not boring at all. I'm, I think all of our listeners and everybody that tunes in to this podcast, like cares about their sport, whatever it may be, and like is a nerd about that stuff too. So we're, we're on the same page there. Um, but I, talk about, do you think it's important that young athletes, especially swimmers, cause that's your arena. Um, do you think it's important for them to have the balance outside of swimming? Like, do you think it takes you being, uh, having a screw loose, like you put it to be as successful as you were, or do you think that you could have had a little more understanding of balance and a little more, uh, or a little less pressure on yourself to be perfect? Do you think that's important for young athletes? I want to say yes, I agree with you, but I don't think it's always true because mm. I've seen swimmers come up through the ranks that only like eat, eat, breathe, sleep, dream swimming, and they do great at it. The, yeah. the problem I see in their life is after swimming is done, or if an injury happens that derails them permanently, then they really struggle. Um, so I think the balance can help um, your overall life for sure, yeah. like long-term success. Uh, will improve but I think if you're able to find the balance and still compete in your sport I think that's the dream come true because you're you can handle anything that comes your way you know so truly that should be the goal um, but it, it doesn't always happen that way you know I think yeah I don't know that's a hard question it's difficult and it's it different for every single person you know because some people handle motivation or, or have different you know, personalities and different ideas and come from different experiences too. So mm -hmm. you need to identify what works for you and just be authentic to that. That's such a good answer. I've always wondered, like, especially in a sport like swimming and maybe track and field where it's just you, you're like, there's so much pressure on you to be like, put in all the work yourself and you know it, it all depends on you like you said it's all in your control and so to understand like I know as myself that finding balance later in my career actually enhanced my career and helped me prolong it 
um, because I was able to like, okay, I can leave volleyball and I can, you know, focus on my music or my family and like different things and finding that, um, that balance in between. But is it helpful in certain sports, um, to not sacrifice everything. And sometimes you find that some of the best athletes in the world sacrifice everything. But like you said, maybe after their life of swimming, it might be a little complicated and they might have troubles finding, um, something outside of that. And so I think you're right. And I think it's really important to identify as an individual what works for you. And if you're okay with kind of being all in and sacrificing everything, or if you need and you're that type of person that needs the balance and needs to find, okay, I need to step away from this for a little bit. Um, And so I think that's a really important note. And I'm glad to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I was just listening to the podcast 30 for 30 on the gymnastics um, history of U.S. gymnastics, basically. Yeah. And it sounds like they were so much more dedicated, you know, than anyone on the swim team, I think, Mm. ever has been. I mean, maybe Phelps, maybe early in his career was like that, too. But he's a lot more well-rounded, especially at the end of his career, than they were allowed to be as gymnasts. You know, they were really like they had to eat because I was in the village with them. I remember going up to them being like, Hey, let's go to the dining hall and hang out. And I said, they couldn't eat meals without their coach's supervision. And I was shocked at that at the time and hearing this podcast about how their, everything was so controlled. They literally were not allowed to be well-rounded. Right. It it worked for the gymnastics whole environment, the whole culture, you know, like Mm -hmm. they've been really dominant and it works for them. But I think, you know, having the flexibility to find the balance, makes you a better person and like you said it prolongs your career at gymnastics they're done at like 16 so I totally get what you're saying I think especially towards the end of a longer career it really yeah makes a difference absolutely wow well that's awesome Crazy. perspective I'm really I, I love it because it's so different from some of the other interviews like that I've had with but they're different sports and I think it's so important to have these types of perspectives on this platform. And that's why I wanted to do it because it shows that that everyone's different. Every sport is different. Um, you know, you have to be able to choose for yourself what, what's best for you. And that's why little tidbits, like your list making and your goal setting, um, that helped you, that might help a young swimmer out there trying to figure out what they want to do and how far they want to go. And so super important. Um, and I'm, I'm again, just so glad that you decided to come on here with me, um, and talk about all that stuff. Girl, I'm proud of you. This is so cool that you're doing this and empowering athletes in the future and sharing information and knowledge, you know, just connecting on like a deeper level is so awesome. And I commend you for taking on another project with all the stuff you're already doing. I'm so impressed. So proud of you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. Yeah, absolutely. And so finishing up, I just want to know, can we talk about BSN, what you're doing now? Let's talk about how um, that is a great thing in your life. And what do you do on a daily basis with BSN? BSN Sports is the best company ever. Um, We both work there, so we got to say that. But um, it's a huge apparel and equipment distribution company that I didn't know existed before I started working with them because it's like the middleman. But they just started focusing on swimming about two years ago. Um, and I was the second swimming employee to be brought on. And we've grown to like four or five people now, which is so fun. 
And I started off just as a marketing role, you know, ambassador did clinics, just like um, same exact position as you. And I learned a lot from working and kind of picking your brain as much as possible. Um, and then I've grown into a, a business development position now. So I get to kind of talk to some, some coaches that I'm friends with and just try to help, you know, make their lives a little bit easier, save them some time and introduce them to what BSN can offer because the sport of swimming doesn't really know what BSN is. It's been a huge like um, volleyball company like you, but also, you know, football, baseball, basketball um, on the high school level. So just educating uh, the club swimming space has been my biggest time um, consuming project lately. Um, yeah, and I get to host, have my friends on for webinars and, you know, provide some cool opportunities for coaches thinking outside the box all the time. So it's, it's a very fun job. That's awesome. And where can people find you on social or website? I'm on every social media platform, I think, except for TikTok. Um, Swim Hardy is my username. I just got TikTok to, to watch stuff, but I don't have yeah. an account yet. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm that's the new one. I'm that's the new one, and we're we're a little out of that generation, but it is fun to watch some of the stuff. Yeah, it's, I I have like a personalized feed, you know, based on what you're watching, and one of the videos popped up, and they're like, "If you're watching this video, that means you're also too old for this app." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, I'm called out." <laughs> called oh, out. I feel the same. I feel the same. It's fun. So social media, Swim Hardy mm -hmm. is your handle. And yes. then um, you wrote a book. Is that right? Yeah. That, where can people find that? It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble or my website, JessicaHardy.net has a link to it. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. I'm on there. Sweet. Yeah, come well, find Jessica. me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on here. It's been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you and diving deeper into who you are uh, outside of the sport of swimming. You're freaking cool. And I think people are really going to enjoy hearing your story. So we so are you coming from you? That's the ultimate compliment. Thanks. You're so sweet. You're the best. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this podcast and listening to this episode with Jessica. It's been so cool, the response that I've gotten from Carly's first episode and the first ever episode of Behind the Athlete. Um, I appreciate all of the love, all of the comments, all of the feedback. So continue doing that. Um, please share with your friends and family. Subscribe so you can get notified every time there is a new episode. And you can always email me at info at juliannejohnson.com to send me any comments, questions, um, interview requests. I would love all of that. And so, again, I appreciate you guys. Please follow the Instagram handle at Behind the Athlete Podcast um, also to stay updated and to see when new interviews are coming out, get little clips and things like that for behind the scenes. So I would love to have you guys along this journey with me every step of the way. 
you can follow me, your podcast host at Julianne Johnson underscore, both on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also find me on my website at www.juliannejohnson.com to learn more about me, stay in touch with my volleyball career, my music, and all that fun stuff. Again, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll hear from you next week. Thank you.